All souls, family, and friends, welcome to Holy Week. Uh, just a couple of quick announcements. Uh, Matt has set up Stations of the Cross in the, the West parking lot that you can come and walk through anytime during the week. Uh, Easter, of course, is next Sunday, and um, the city has some pretty strict regulations on social distancing, and uh, I'm sorry to say we're already up to 300 and have to put out a wait list, but go ahead and uh, sign up, and if something happens, we will let you know. Yard Church will start uh, in Matt's backyard April 11th, and then we'll be worshiping indoors at First Christian on June 6th. So a couple of things coming up. It'll be good to kind of turn the page here. Our gospel reading for Palm Sunday is Mark 11, 1 through 11. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord has need of it, and will send it back here immediately. And they went away and found a colt tied at a door outside in the street, and they untied it. And some of those standing there said to them, What are you doing untying the colt? And they told them that Jesus had said, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. And he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. The word of the Lord. Sandy and I watched a, a TV show recently where an age-old family drama played out. A 30-year-old son, desperate for his father's approval, shows off his new restaurant. The father, unimpressed, tells the son he is wasting his life. Why won't he just come back home and work in the family business? Well, the show is a kind of a musical, and the son begins singing a song called Numb by Lincoln Park. I'm tired of being what you want me to be, feeling so faithless, lost under the surface. Don't know what you're expecting of me. Put under the pressure of walking in your shoes. Every step that I take is just another mistake to you. A woman wrote a, a memoir exploring similar themes, and she has an experience she calls an awakening, where she realizes she's not really living the life God called her to live. Rather, she's living a life others expect her to live. And she asks, why do I silence my real self? Why do I work so hard to fulfill others' expectations? Why does it matter that I please everyone? Well, she goes on to write that she feels like she's been living in a deep sleep, unawake to the real calling God has on her life. This business of following God is not easy. Jesus 
calls us to follow him. He says, my sheep hear my voice. And being a Christian, of course, means learning to discern, follow God's voice. But that's not easy. It's not always easy to tell the difference between the shepherd's voice and all the other loud voices that are telling us what we should be doing in our lives. Um, Jesus even knows this tension. His beloved fellow Jews had a very clear idea of what the Messiah was supposed to be like. A Messiah was supposed to be a great military and political leader like Judas Maccabeus. Uh, they'd ride in Jerusalem, raise up a revolutionary army, overthrow the Romans, and put Israel back in power again. And when Jesus arrived in Jerusalem for Passover, his miracles and his teaching had awakened hopes that he indeed was that kind of a Messiah. And so it was not that surprising that as he began to uh, ride that donkey up the Jericho Road from the base of the Mount of Olives and enter in the east gate of Jerusalem, that a crowd begins to appear. It was Passover. Tens of thousands of pilgrims were in the city. And word had gotten out that this miracle worker was coming to save Jerusalem. And when Jesus appears, they, they wave branches. That was a traditional way of greeting a conquering hero on a triumphal ride into the capital. And the excited crowd sings psalms of praise as he rides in. Hosanna, they say. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna means God, save us, or God, help us, or God, rescue us. The crowds want the son of David to do for them what the first David did. Save them from their oppressors. Give them power back. And the crowd is sincere. The crowd's devout. The crowd is scriptural. And the crowd is also projecting onto Jesus what they need and want him to be. At this point, they don't grasp God's strange calling on his life. And by the end of the week, they will call for his death. He will never waver. He will never bend. He will refuse, though, to become what the crowds want him to become because he knows the Father's voice and he obeys. Well, this week, Matt has set up the stations of the cross all around our building, and each station recalls an event in Jesus' journey to the cross. There are similar stations on the streets of Jerusalem today. And Christians for thousands of years or hundreds of years have walked the stations of the cross during Holy Week to participate in a kind of pilgrimage that helps us reflect on the passion of Christ. Walking with our Lord in his sufferings, using our bodies and hearts and heads to imagine his trial, draws us closer to him and invites us into the fellowship of his sufferings. And this pilgrimage helps us prepare for the crosses we have to bear in our own lives. And I hope you can spend a few moments walking the stations of the cross this week. Now, actually, I don't remember if the first station is Palm Sunday or not, but we can learn much from reflecting on our Lord's journey that Palm Sunday. 
He shows us how to stay true to God's call on our lives, even when well-meaning people tell us we should be doing something else. How does he do it? Well, Jesus starts with Scripture. He stays true in this moment because he spent his whole life preparing, and he's been saturated in the Word of God. He knows the many Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. He knew that Zechariah had promised that the Messiah would stand on the Mount of Olives and that the Messiah would come riding on a donkey. And, and so it, it's almost like there's a choreography going on where he, he, he is living out the scriptural prophecies. He's, he's making sure that he does. He, his vision, his life is shaped by these scriptures. And that's so important for us. What, what you are, who you are, and what you're to do in the world starts with scripture. And so, like Jesus, we need to get to know the big story of Scripture so that you can find your place in it. I think this is a great challenge today. Many Christians are not shaped much by Scripture anymore. We're, we're much more formed by social media and TV. And that way we kind of allow the crowd to tell us who we are and who we should be. You know, you might just step back this Holy Week and ask, how is Scripture forming you? Where are the places in your life that you are engaging Scripture? Have you drifted away from that during the pandemic? Now's the time to come back, to make time in Scripture an important part of your, of your daily life, to be in small groups where you're studying Scriptures, to be listening to the reading and the proclaiming of the Word of God in worship services. Well, second, we, we notice that Jesus is mostly silent. We don't know what Jesus is thinking about on this Palm Sunday ride in Jerusalem. He doesn't say much. Certainly he knew that he'd soon disappoint the crowds, that he would end the week dying alone, save Mary. And he could have uh, talked in stopped uh, along the way. He could have had conversations with the disciples. He could have preached to the crowds, but this wasn't the time for that, and he mostly remained silent. You know, there is a time for talking. There's a time for explaining and teaching, and then there's a time to remain silent. And if you find yourself on a Palm Sunday ride today, maybe you've been happily uh, uh kind of asleep to God's call on your life, but you've just been doing everything everybody thought you should be doing. But for some reason, you're starting to wake up. You're hearing God's voice in a clear way. You're seeing things in Scripture that apply in a fresh way. You're beginning to grasp God's calling on your life, but everyone may not understand that calling. Some may even be mad at you for following that calling. Well, it's probably good to be mostly silent as you figure all that out. Now, Jesus, of course, is uh, the Son of God. He doesn't seem to have even one person around him who understands what's happening, and he faces this entirely alone. We are not Christ. 
we need one or two close people to help us discern what God is saying to us. But beyond that, in these times of following against the crowd, these times when we're stepping into something God has invited us into that other people might not understand, those are not times for a lot of talking. That's not the time to tweet things and post things. There's a time to be silent and walk out what God has called you to do. Well, lastly, a last reason or way that Jesus is able to stay true to God's call is he ends the day at the temple. The text says, And he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple, and when he looked around at everything as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Jesus could have gone other places in the holy city, yet he ends the day at the temple, the place where God's presence dwelt, at least for the last few days of the Old Covenant. Jesus seems to have loved the temple. When he was 12, his parents found him sitting at the feet of the rabbis on the temple steps. He says, didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? So Jesus, in a way, found his calling in his father's house, and now he finds strength to carry out his calling in his father's house. Now, for New Covenant believers, the temple is the body of Christ, the church. One of the ways that we find strength to hear and obey God's voice is by going to that temple, going to the church, worshiping with the body of Christ. And may this building that God is providing for us be a holy place where we, like Jesus, find strength to discern and carry out our callings in the world. A friend uh, once told me, he said, you know, I wish you would just kind of stand up and tell us what we're going to be doing in this new building. Well, my my vision for the church is, is slightly different. Uh, I believe God has a wonderful calling on all of our lives, and it can be hard for us to hear and fulfill it. My dream is that this new home be a place where we're saturated in Scripture, where we learn to live within the story of Scripture, and our calling becomes clear when we understand what God's doing in the world. My dream is that this place be a place where we have those intimate conversations, where we discern what God is calling us to, and then have the peace to be silent. My dream is that this be a place where we do worship, and that as we worship, The voices of the crowd fall away, and we truly hear and obey the voice of the Good Shepherd. You know, God does have a calling on churches, I think. You see that throughout Scripture. And our church family, we need to hear what God has to say. But we also need to be careful not to just follow the crowd, right? I mean, this first year when we move in, there'll be all sorts of ideas and conversations and dreams, and they all might be very well-meaning. They might come from us. They might come from our neighbors. We could do this. We could do that. But I think we need to be very careful uh, not to react to the crowd, but to listen to Scripture, to stay kind of silent, and to worship. And out of that, God will show us where we're going in the years ahead. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we we begin this holy week with you. 
And we want to walk with you all the way to the cross and the empty tomb this week. Lord, I I ask right now that you would use this week that we could clear away a little of the clutter, that we'd spend time in Scripture, that we would have holy conversations, that we would worship, and that out of that we would know a little bit more clearly what you're calling us to be and do and have the courage to stay true. In your name, amen.